Ladies and gentlemen, if there are any ladies in the audience, welcome to Behind the Red Light, a series that we came across that we figured would help people better understand the insides and possibly the outsides of uh, the brothel system, a legal representation of what grown adults can do should they decide to pursue this. In the state of Nevada. In the state of Nevada. Yes. With me is my guest, Jim, who we are going to be exerting, I guess, expert advice through, because this is this is your lane. Well, it's, it's, it's 20 years I've been uh, I've been going out there, so I suppose <laughs> I suppose I, I'm a subject matter expert at this point. Well, having a subject matter expert at this point, because you and I mutually have, well, the normal person has questions. And oh, questions, yeah. Questions they normally don't get to ask because they don't really know anybody who's forthcoming and open about what they do in the Nevada brothel system. Well, yeah, and this is this is one of the things that actually gave me the idea for, for, uh, for talking about it in the first place when I started doing it, um, was that... And I should explain that when I when I initially got into this and went went out 20 years ago, my father was still alive, and carried a top secret clearance with the United States government. And what that meant was that every five years, there were going to be a bunch of FBI people that were renewing his his background checks and all that sort of thing. And because I was junior, one of the things that I I knew because over the years this would happen is things would get confused between myself and him it just happened it would it just happens that anyone that's junior and senior has gone through this i'm sure to a certain degree or another so i knew that if i was not forthcoming at least with my family about what i was doing out there that there were going to be questions that were going to come up sooner or later and i was going to have to answer for them in a room with people who were not happy that i was there so so right from the start, it was, Dad, just so you know, I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to go do the thing so that in case anybody asks, it's out there. Because as long the government doesn't care that I'm doing it because it's legal. Right. All they care about is that it's out in the open so that my father could never be have his position compromised. If it was a secret and it was, oh, it can't get out because what if somebody finds it? now so i was always very open about it and what that led to initially what i found is that you know of course the entire family finds out about it nobody wants to say anything at thanksgiving or christmas for sure <laughs> uh, but individually if you found yourself privately in a room with somebody or whatever sooner or later they'd say can can i ask you I, i'm just i'm so curious well when you told me about this and this was Shortly into our, our our relationship, where we yeah. got to meet each other, I was like, "Oh, you actually go and do the thing," and mm -hmm. you're like, "Yeah, I go do the thing." And I'm like, "Well, isn't that interesting?" And then I like kind of bookmarked the idea, and then as we were coming up with an idea of podcasting, it's like, "What do we talk about?" And I came to you and was like, "Hey, how would you like to have a frank discussion, an honest discussion, about what the discuss?" Uh, what happens when you go to the Nevada brothel yeah. system? You jumped all over it. Well, yeah, because it was it was uh, I'd been talking about it privately for so many years that I thought, yeah, you know, what the hell? You know, why not take it out to the masses? Um, and I'm sure some of us will find this podcast by way of the ladies 
who are on social media advertising or explaining what they do or whatever. And that's the thing. There's never a customer's point of view. There, there's never any of that because most people that go out there would never want their family to find out or their friends or anything else that they have gone out there and paid for a sexual encounter with somebody, let alone the number that I have over the, over the years. Well, and we should also preface before we start the conversation, we are not just two, you know, jabronis who live in some hole down the road. Well, no, I mean, no, no. I have I have a former education. I, 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 I'm college educated. I have a bachelor's in sociology, which makes me, I feel qualified to ask you the questions that are going to be asked. Absolutely. And you own your own business. I do. Well, well technically, I own three businesses. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, definitely not a uh, definitely somebody that, that can speak on this and do so in a in a way that is appropriate, an appropriate educated way. Yes, so, yes. We're and and we're also not here to push anybody to it. Oh, either. good. No, no, this no. This is this is not this is not an advertisement. This is not a not a suggestion. It's not any of those things. And this is also not a discussion of right or wrong. No. This is just, it is what it is. It exists. It's legal. We're not here to discuss whether or not it should be. We're here to simply explain my adventures, if you will, in in this world. Yeah, and I am a happily married man. I have no intention on visiting any of these fine establishments because it's just, it, it's not for me. But Your wife would kill you. Yes, my wife would kill me. Yes. So, but... It doesn't mean I'm not going to have questions. It doesn't sure. mean that the normal person isn't going to have questions. Of what they, what are they doing down there? Because there is a stigmata to it. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of faux pas to some people. So we're gonna we're gonna take that taboo and we're gonna do what we do with all taboos and ruin them. And yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think what ruins it to start with is the fact that the media, when it's projecting what prostitution looks like. Nine times out of ten, it's projecting the image that we see on a street corner somewhere. Yes. And that is, first of all, illegal. Second, horrible. And third, a good portion of the time, the women that are there do not want to be there. Right. And so, yes, that is a terrible thing. And, and unfortunately, it bears absolutely zero resemblance to what you see in a legal situation such as you see in the brothel system in Nevada or in any number of places in the world where prostitution is legalized. Uh, every girl that's out there, you know, at some point or another has a conversation with law enforcement because they have a sheriff's card. They have to have a sheriff's card in order to work in one of the houses in Nevada. So they do not, you know, they, they've had a background check done. These are not criminals. They are there of their own accord. Okay. You know, so it's 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 totally different than what most people think of. All right, then let's start there. What is the framework of a brothel in Nevada? So the first thing is that it will you will not find one in Las Vegas. You're not going to find one in Reno. And the reason for that is because it works by county. And the counties have to have less than a certain number of residents in order to bring up prostitution for legalization. So in the case of Clark County, where Las Vegas sits, uh, or up in Reno, there's just there's too many people living in those counties for them to legalize prostitution. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions, particularly about Las Vegas, that people have. They've heard that prostitution is legal. They go out to the city. They're there having fun in Sin City, and they think, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm seeing these advertisements for these escorts and everything else. It's legal here. 
I'm going to go ahead and, and, you know, get an escort or do something like that. Escort shows up to the room, slips something in your drink. The next thing you know, you wake up and you've been robbed. And the police are there. What do you want us to do about it? Why did you hire an illegal escort? Because people don't know. So that's one of the biggest things and the most important thing. If you take nothing else from this show, folks, do not go to Las Vegas and pick up a girl and think that you're going to be safe. You could be. There's plenty of women working in the illegal side of things that are very, very honest. <laughs> so that sounds weird to say it that way. And are but but to do a good to provide a good service and are doing a good thing. But there are those that are looking to take advantage and could potentially rob you, hurt you, whatever. So, and they might give you something that you didn't want to take home to begin with. Th that's that's the other side of it. Is that on the illegal side, nobody is saying that these women are safe, clean, whatever. Again, the, the, the best of the best are getting themselves tested anyway, but you don't know that when you're in, in an illegal setting. Uh, so the first thing, again, is the residency of the, of the county. Once you've established that, a, an owner can open a brothel if they meet the criteria. They have to have lived in Nevada for a certain period of time. They have to have a certain amount of money in the bank. Uh, they can't have a, a, you know, a criminal background of any kind or anything like that they choose to become licensed and open a brothel. At that point, the women that are gonna to come to work there, they have to get a sheriff's card. They are- What is a sheriff's card? So the sheriff's card assures that the women have had a background check. Uh, they are registered then with the sheriff as a working girl uh, in the county so that law enforcement knows who the legal working girls are versus somebody who might be illegal. Um, the other thing is that uh, they also have to be tested. They are tested once a week. Even in houses, there are certain houses in the state, most of them in the north, where the girls can leave every night. In the southern counties, it doesn't work that way. They're on lockdown. But even the girls on lockdown leave once a week to be tested uh, for various sorts of STIs and all that sort of thing to make sure that they are clean. And the customers are required to use protection for everything that takes place within the confines of a party, which is, of course, a sexual encounter with one of the girls. So there's never anything happening that is unprotected no, or anything like that. You just mentioned lockdown. What is a lockdown? So the lockdown that happens in the southern houses is a situation where the girl checks in, meaning that she goes, she gets her test, she drives to the house, she checks in with the madam. At that point, they place her in one of, one of the rooms and everything. It will take approximately 24 to 48 hours for the test to clear. Once that happens, she's on the floor. She will usually check in for a two-week cycle, sometimes longer. Depends on the girl. Some will stay three or four weeks. Um, during that time, she will leave once a week for about an hour to go and handle business in town, such as you know send mail, pay her bills, do that sort of thing, uh, or and and to also get her test get her weekly exam so that's that's how it functions it's highly regulated it's highly taxed and that is what enables these rural counties within the state of nevada to have things like uh ems service fire service all of these sorts of things that normally we take for granted everywhere else in the country would not be guaranteed in the state of Nevada if it was not for the fact that the brothels pay the push through taxes and so forth to make sure those services are available in those counties. 
So they are doing a community service. Without a doubt. And I will tell you that although the counties uh, don't admit it, and, and you know it's always done hush-hush, every so often the county is in need of something, whether it is a new ambulance or a new fire truck or whatever. And I'm aware, I am personally aware of one of these situations directly where I've actually been there when this whole thing is transpiring. Uh, and uh, the house very generously, anonymously donates the ex just the exact amount to purchase that vehicle what they need. It's amazing. Also, on top of the fact that they're already paying the taxes, the, you know, these counties know that if they're in a pinch, usually the brothels are willing to kick in and help out. To throw in an act of good faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what this does is this enables the brothels to feel very, very protected and very, very safe. Believe me, the last thing you ever want to do is try any foolishness in one of these places because they have the full uh, extent of law enforcement on their side and behind them. And if that sheriff has to show up and remove you, uh, it, it is going to be a very unpleasant experience for you. Well, that's some foreshadowing that we'll look at uh, a little down the line. <laughs> so uh, there, there, there are multiple houses. Yes. In the How many houses can be in one county? You know, I don't believe that there is a stated limit. Okay. Uh, as far as I know, it really ends up being up to the county commissioners and where they want one to be you know there because there are certain regulations such as they can't be you know this close to a church school etc etc right. et uh i know in the case of say sherry's ranch which is uh in nye county they own i forget how many acres just tons of acreage around the property that they is just it's uh, uh you know it's zoned as brothel and so they can't do anything else with it. Like, you couldn't build a house there or do anything like that. You, you, you can't. So it's, uh, it's fairly extensive, the set of rules and everything surrounding them. Both of the, like both uh, uh, Sherry's and the Chicken Ranch, which sit next, door, uh, sit next door to each other, they are at the end of a road called Homestead Road. And when I tell you you're, they're at the very end of the road, you are out there. And <laughs> you are not seeing much for miles around them. I mean, you are you are definitely 50 miles out into the desert. Oh, okay. And you're on the far edges of of uh of Pahrump, which is the town there that they're that they're part of. So, when oh, now that we've discussed, you know, where the brothels are, say young strapping young man going to sow his oats, if you will. Yes. Uh, decides to get in his car and drives the 100 to 200 miles out to the middle mm -hmm. of nowhere. What are the proper procedures and the steps that he's going to take when he gets to the front door? Well, the first thing he's going to want to do beforehand is he's going to want to educate himself. Don't do anything stupid. Just don't pick up a flyer or whatever and think, oh, I'm going to go do this. Do your research online. Know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, you know, know some lingo, know what's going on, you know. Know Listen what, to this podcast yes, before you go. absolutely. That's know, what we're here for. Know what to expect before you get there. Um, and pick the house that's right for you. You know, every house has its own feel. It's a, it, yeah, it, it, they have their own way about them. Um, the very first place that I went to and had an encounter in is Sherry's. 
it sits, I believe the mileage is right about 57 miles. Don't quote me on that exactly, outside of Las Vegas. It's a very nice ride through uh, the mountain pass at Red Rock Canyon. Once you get there at Sherry's, there are two doors. One is an unlocked door that goes into the Valley Inn Sports Bar. So they actually have a sports bar on, on property that they are able to accept anybody into, who's, of course, 21 or older. Uh, you can walk into the bar. You can get a drink. You can get something to eat. You can watch TV. It is a normal bar like any sports bar you would think of. The one exception is girls in various states of undress will f filter in and out to talk to you. Oh, wonderful. And from there, they might invite you on a tour if you've never been there before. And they will show you the entire property and all the amenities and all the options that are available. And usually the tour will end in their bedroom and they will attempt to negotiate with you to see if you would be interested. Um, I, the other door, if you choose the other door, that's locked, you'll buzz in. The madam or the shift manager, whoever is there, will permit you in. They will give you the lowdown and say, uh, are you here for a lineup? And you could say, yes, I'm here for a lineup. Or you could say no. If no, she will escort you to the bar. If you are there for a lineup, she will sit you on a, on a couch and she will ring a buzzer. And about two to three minutes later, all of the available women in the house will line up in front of you. And one at a time, they will walk up to you and introduce themselves and walk back in line. You will pick one out and she will take you to her bedroom and where you will negotiate what you want to do. If it's a first timer, I highly recommend against the lineup process because it is insanely intimidating, particularly if you've never done it before and this is your first time and there are 22 beautiful women standing in front of you all smiling at you and looking for you to pick one out. And believe me, the longer period of time between the, okay, who would you like to speak to, and you making your decision, if that's more than a few seconds, it becomes insanely uncomfortable <laughs> for you and for them. So uh, two things, if you're gonna do the lineup, understand what you're getting yourself into. And number two, I recommend not trying to remember all the names. Instead, the one that introduces herself that you say, that's the one, remember her name and her name alone until someone comes and you say, no, I'd rather have that one than forget the first one and remember that name. But just try to concentrate on the one name of the person you wanna to speak to because otherwise you're gonna forget and get lost and say, uh, that one right there, no, 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 the one, the third one in, the, the I've seen this a hundred times. It's it's not cool. Don't do that. Remember the name. And then that guy looks like an idiot. He absolutely does. So, I mean, they're used to it, but still, the you know, again, as with anywhere else on the planet, uh, you get much further, you get uh, flies easier with honey than you do with vinegar. So you walk in, you're a nice guy, you're polite, you know, you remember, you know your P's and Q's. If you're in the bar, the way that most of the houses work if you're in the bar is the girl the girls are told, walk up, you've got five to ten minutes. If he's not biting, walk away, give another girl a chance. Okay? So if you go into the bar, a girl walks up to you. Uh, you know, you talk to her for a few minutes. She's probably going to say, you know, would you like to go back or would you like a tour? Or would you like something like that? If you're not feeling it with her, say, 
I don't think so right now, but you know, maybe a little bit later, she'll excuse herself to go do something else, and the next girl will step step up probably a minute or so later to talk to you. It's going to be a stream. You're going to have the girls coming up to you. Uh, if it's your first time there, when you see one you like and you're getting along with, after that five or ten minutes, say, you know what, this is my first time here, I'd love a tour of the property. At this point, she's going to give you a free tour of the property. Okay? She's going to take you everywhere, show you all the amenities and everything else. When she's finished, she'll either take you back to her room to talk, or she may just take you right back to the bar. If she takes you back to the bar, uh, offer her a drink. Get her to stay a little bit longer. If now you're convinced, at this point, you've probably been with this girl between the original five to 10 minutes, the 15 to 20 minute tour. You know, now you've had a drink with her. You know, you guys have been together about an hour or so. If, if, if you're thinking this is the one, go ahead, you'll ask her to go back to her room. You know, and that's, that's the way I tend to recommend it. If it's not the girl after the tour, at least offer to tip her 20 bucks for giving you the tour. You know, again, be a gentleman, don't be a jerk. You know, they are giving you a free tour. They're taking their time to do this. So make sure to be a good person. Tip the girl uh, 20 bucks or so for giving you a tour. Okay. And when you go, let's say you found the girl, right? Yes. You found yes. the girl. This is the this is the person you, you would like to spend your evening with. Yes. If it lasts that long. <laughs> you hope so. We, you, you hope so. What is... What, what is the etiquette of going back behind the door? So at that point, you'll she will either suggest to you, hey, how about we go back to my room? Or she'll ask you if you'd like to negotiate, which is her way of saying, hey, let's talk about what you want to do and what you want to pay. Uh, you know, there's any number of ways she might say it. But either one way or the other, she's telling you, hey, let's go back to my room. Okay, so you get back to the room. Well, now I understand there's a menu. Which when, well, once you get back to the room... We will go over what's on the menu at a later show. Yeah, on a later <laughs> show, I'll pull one out and actually show one to you. I have several from different places. Oh, wonderful. Uh, but uh, if you if you go back to the room, usually most of the girls, de again, depending on the house, every house is a little different, most houses will get on the phone and they'll tell the office, hey, I'm negotiating. That's a cue for the office to turn on the, sp the, the speaker system, they are now listening to what is happening in the girl's bedroom. And the reason for that is when you negotiate a price, that price is going to be split in half. The house is going to get half. The girl is going to get half. Okay? So the house wants to make sure they're not getting screwed in the process here, which means that they're listening in on the negotiation. Although they have no input in it, they are listening in. So at this point, she will ask you what you would like to do. If you're an old hat like I am and experienced with it, you're going to throw out what you want to do. You're going to tell her, and it's not going to be that much of an issue because you're used to doing it. If you're new, this is probably going to be one of the more intimidating moments of your life because she is directly asking you what sexual acts you wish to do. For a lot of guys, that's a difficult thing to talk about. For a lot of people, I'm just going to say people. I shouldn't say just guys. This is a very difficult thing to talk about. Um, but you get used to it in that environment. If you start having problems and she notices that you're having difficulty saying, she may pull down a menu. The menu won't have prices in it, but it will have an idea of what's available. And some of it's written sort of, I don't want to say in code, but it's not just straight out what it is. So, for instance, on a menu, you're going to see a half and half, for instance. They're not referring to the creamer you put in your coffee. They're referring to a party in which it's going to start out with oral sex and finish with actual 
normal regular vaginal penetration. That's that's a half and half. Okay, a reverse half and half takes it the other way around. We'll go into more details with that yeah. later. Yeah, we'll go. We'll definitely go into more details. But I that, hope you don't have your kids in the car when you're listening to this. Well, <laughs> if you do, that's their fault, it, not ours. Yes, you're a horrible parent. Well, probably. <laughs> but uh, so that's that's the basics, and then at that point, you know, she'll throw out a number for what she would like for that service, and if that's higher than you are, were thinking to go, you have the option to say, "Well, I was sort of looking to spend about this," or this was sort of the budget I had to work with. What could I get for that? Uh, any, any number of ways you could word that. What is low end? What is high end? That depends drastically on the girl. The girls set their own prices. So there isn't a... Um, there is, most houses have a minimum payment, which is somewhere in that low hundreds area, like a 200 or $250 or something like that. But I mean, for that price, you're not getting anything. Let's just let's just be clear. Um, but if you're, I would say on average, if you walk in there with a thousand dollars, you're going to get something for sure. Okay. If in, unless you're just an asshole. I mean, if you're if you're a complete jerk, you're not going to get anything. You know. Um, if you're in the hundreds, it might be a little bit more difficult. It certainly won't be with the top girl at the house uh you know it might be with you know somebody who's new or perhaps has been there a really long time um you know there, there can be a whole myriad of things that determine how popular a girl is at any given time or whatever if she's the um you know if she's the image of the the popular image of a woman du jour which we know changes throughout the years you know some years it's blondes are popular some years brunettes whatever some girls are shapely and kept curvy sometimes it's the, the little pixie of a thing whatever's popular at the time you can you can guarantee that's going to be a bit of a higher price or if she's if that lineup happens and you see all the women are six foot two and there's one girl that's five foot four you can almost guarantee that just because she's different than everybody else she's probably commanding a couple extra bucks just based on that alone. I remember a girl that used to work at um, the Bunny Ranch, for instance, that she was a little person. Well, there are not a lot of little people available in the houses anywhere. So somebody that brings that type of um, fetish-ready design, if you will, it, it, she's going to command more money than somebody else will, for instance. Okay, so so it's really hard to set a number because it's it, it varies so, so greatly. So you went in there, you negotiated, you did what you needed to do. We'll talk about the process of, of going behind the curtain later, mm -hmm. you know, going into the door and, and getting inspected and whatnot. Normally, how long does the action take? I would say most parties happen between the half hour and hour range. Most guys are usually satisfied within that 60-minute time frame. Okay, and you then at, after the 60 minutes, then what happens? Once the party is done, um, oftentimes they will ask you if you want to re-party, if you want to keep going or whatever. You could re-up, renegotiate, and keep going. Uh, if you're completely done, you know, you might say, no, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm satisfied. This is wonderful. It's been a great time. Uh, you will, she will walk you to the parlor, and you'll say your goodbyes, and usually she goes back to the room to clean up and everything, and that's, that's that. You go back into the bar if you want, or leave, or 
whatever. And then you go home. Yeah, oh. pretty much. Well, that, uh, and that's it. And that actually leads us to the end of our first show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening to Behind the Red Light. Uh, I have been your host, Larry. Our guest, Jim, will be here next week to answer more of our interesting questions. And next week, we're going to find out why Jim's phone keeps going. I, I don't know. It keeps sitting here, and I have the volume <laughs> turned off on it. No, we're going we're gonna to find out uh, what entices somebody to go to one of these establishments. Yes. And uh, Jim will be our uh, navigator for this. And at that point, uh, thank you. This has been an Attic Light production, uh, copyright and reserve and all that other stuff. And we'll see you next week. Trademarked. Let me get rid of this damn thing. <laughs>